This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Babies need to eat. And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about By Heart Baby Formula. By Heart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk. And Byheart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on Byheart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at byheart.com. That's B-Y-H-E-A-R-T dot com slash podcast. And it is 10% off your first order. Byheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer and additional terms and conditions may apply. Hello, and welcome to On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men, the podcast that explores and explains boy behavior. We're your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison. Join us as we discuss some of the most compelling issues facing boys today. Our goal is to equip you with the information and support you need to help today's boys grow into healthy, happy men. This is a topic that comes up time and time again from parents. How do I help my son build his self-esteem and sense of confidence? Jen, what do you think? You know, as I have parented these four boys of mine, I have learned that we as parents have a lot more power to squelch our boys' self-esteem than we think sometimes. And often it's only in hindsight that I see that whatever they're asking me or trying to do was really an opportunity to build their self-esteem. And I'll give you an example. This was a few years ago. It was at our local 4th of July picnic. And this picnic is as small town as you can possibly get. We're talking, it's up at the ball diamond, the teenage boys, the Legion baseball team plays a game of baseball. And then when baseball's done and it's dark, the lights go down and the local fire department, volunteer fire department lights off the fireworks. But in between the game and then after the fireworks, the lights go up and all the little kids run the bases. Because that's a fun thing to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. So after the fireworks, um, my then eight-year-old son, he went down there with his brothers. And I'm visiting with neighbors and friends because for the first time, my kids are old enough that I don't need to keep a close eye on them there. This is a bad (laughs) for me. But I glance out to the field and my eight-year-old son is dragging himself from first base to second base, like army crawling. Oh, dragging on the ground in the dirt. All right. It's, you know, 10 o'clock at night. This kid is already dirty. Doesn't pay to yell at him at this point. He's, he's already filthy. Let it happen. I'm a little bit concerned he's going to get run over or stepped on by some of the big kids that are playing catch between second and third. But it was amazing to watch how they did this. 
the big kids were aware of the little kids. My guy kept army crawling while this game goes on around him. He, he goes past second. He goes for third. He rounds third. He's still going. And he army crawls for home. And I expect him when he gets to home that he is going to, you know, stand up and be like, woohoo, I did it. But he didn't. He's still army crawling between home and first. Wow. And that's when it dawned on me. He was trying to see if he could make it all the way around the base army crawling. Wow. He started at first. He wanted to get all the way around. So when he got there, he had a friend that was waiting on first base. And this friend grabbed his hand and raised it up like wrestler style. You know, I am the champion. I am the victor. And my son looked so happy when he came over by us. He had such a self-satisfied smile on his face. And yes, ground in dirt absolutely everywhere. Later that night, uh, when I sent him into the bathroom to take a bath and a shower, he said to me, that will be a happy memory. Oh. And I felt so glad that I'd let him do that. Yes. But it gets better. The next day, he was still talking about this. So it clearly meant something to him. And he said, and I wrote this down so I would remember it. He said, if you were a bad mom, you would have come down on the field and told me to stop. Oh. And I wanted to hear a little more. So I said, well, how would you have felt if I did that? Embarrassed embarrassed, mad, sad, everything negative. Wow. When I reflected on this experience later, what I took from it was that what looked like a totally stupid thing to me, right? Crawling around on the ground. But he was being the champion of the world. (laughs) It was important to him. For him, it was an attempt at self-mastery, right? Mm -hmm. He was trying to persevere and discover his personal power. And so in doing that kind of silly thing, right? He learned that he can set goals and he learned that his mom trust him to set goals and achieve them. Mm -hmm. And as I reflected on it, that's the kind of thing where I think real self-esteem comes from. And now I'm talking uh, certainly about bigger things also, not just a kid crawling around on the ball field, but it's from doing something, challenging yourself to do something, doing it and feeling that sense of accomplishment. Yeah. I really like what you said in there about trusting himself and you trusting him. And I think we can have this happen early on in their lives when we give them responsibilities so that they can grow and experience their capability. And I think that's where self-esteem comes from. I'm thinking of my friend's little boy who is two and has the responsibility to get down from his high chair every morning after breakfast and go over to the vitamin drawer, open the drawer, bring out the bottles and bring them to mom. And you can just see his self-esteem is through the roof because he's been able to achieve. Talk about self-mastery at two and a half years old. This is what it looks like. But he couldn't have gotten there without the lessons along the way. 
of. It was like she managed this idea that he was ready to get down from the high chair and then she channeled it rather than get back in your chair. Don't do this. Don't do that. It was like, okay, what's the next thing? Oh, this can be useful. And I wasn't there to witness it, but I'm sure there were times when she might have to take him by the hand and take him over there. But the praise and just his own sense of, wow, I did this for my family was so great that, of course, that is what he does every single day now without even being asked. That point that you just said, wow, I did this for my family is so important and so crucial as I see it, especially when it comes to building self-esteem in boys. Our boys want to contribute in a meaningful way to their families, their schools, and their communities. So often we don't let them, right? And some of this is because we live in a very uh, litigious society and people are afraid somebody's going to get hurt and somebody's going to sue. But kids used to contribute in very meaningful ways to their family. when they're, If they were working on the farm or getting the water, right? Like they're actions were crucial to the survival of the family. There's a lot of pride and self-esteem in that. Mm -hmm. Our boys still have that drive. And one thing that I've learned is that they want to do these meaningful things. They don't want to just do something because you gave them a made up chore or task. They want it to be something that actually makes a difference in some way. And that's seeing the cause and effect and the relevance, Mm -hmm. which boys are definitely tied to. Why Mm -hmm. do I have to do this? What does it mean? And to see the cause and effect. And we go back to when we were in agricultural society. Man, if you weren't out there taking care of your animals or planting the seeds, guess what? You were in a world of hurt. And we did need the work of our boys. And this kind of goes off into the tangent of all the uh, diagnoses of ADD and ADHD now. We needed their energy back then, back in in the farm days. We It was survival to have their energy. And now we are disregarding them for that energy. You know, we're we're, uh, punishing them for that energy. Uh, So looking at how you can channel your boy's energy into being of service for others. So important. Did you read the Little House books by chance when you were growing up or when your kids were little? Oh, again and again. I raised two daughters, Jen. We lived <laughs> Little House on the Prairie. All right, right. So tell you. And I got my boys to love Little House. Uh, I learned that it's helpful to start with Farmer Boy if you're reading to boys. Absolutely. Yeah. Tip, by the way. You know, there's the part in the long winter where really the community is basically starving and they need somebody to go out and try and get grain for the survival of the community. And Almanzo is one of the the boys who goes out. He was a boy. He was a teenage boy. And I think about that sometimes because certainly our cultural expectations have changed. And no, I don't necessarily want my kid going out, you know, into a blizzard. That same kind of capability is there. So now when my 17-year-old tells me that he wants to go on an adventure by himself fishing, I think about it and I remind myself that he's not so different from Elmanzo who who went on this grand adventure and managed to save a community. He has capability. I think a lot of our boys 
have much more capability than we as parents, as teachers, and as a society give them credit for. Yeah. In developing that capability is going to come, guess what? Failure. Yes. Yes. And as a parent, I want to come back to failure, but as a parent, one of the challenges that I find in letting boys develop that capability is we don't want them to get hurt. Mm -hmm. Right? So you use that example of the kid crawling down from the high chair. And as a parent, it can be so hard to sit back and let this kid try because you're afraid he's going to fall down and hit his head, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or if he wants to ride his bike by himself, or he wants to walk to the corner store by himself, we're worried that something's going to happen. So it can be very hard to say yes sometimes. Yeah. And I think that there, that a mother's tendency is to hold them a little closer and a little tighter. Mm -hmm. And so I encourage all the moms that I work with and all the moms listening, if you're struggling with this, you know, how much do I let him talk to men, talk to dads, say, you know, this is, yeah, it's okay to let him climb that tree. I had a, a family come to me recently where the dad was, they were in the parking lot the dad wanted to let the 11 year old go into the store to buy something and come back out to the car. And the mom was having a fit. She Uh. did not like this idea at all. And I think you alluded to this at the beginning. It's like, so then we go the opposite and we unself-esteem them for lack of help me out jen we We squelch their self-esteem thank you we squelch their self-esteem because then he's getting the message of oh yeah something's wrong with me i'm not able to do this they don't trust me and Mm -hmm. you know again we're back to that trust and how essential it is to the self-esteem development Mm-hmm. And when you're helping boys develop their self-esteem, I think it's really important to look to their lead and follow it as much as you possibly can. And again, that can be very hard as a parent, a teacher, a grandparent, because they will want to do things that seem like they are beyond their capability. When your toddler sees you working perhaps and fixing something and then wants a hammer and wants to try hammering the nail... that's a scary thing. When uh, your kid sees you cutting the lawn and wants to work with the lawnmower and you're not sure he's ready, those are really tough. And I'm not going to tell you a certain age range that each kid can do those things because it it varies. Mm -hmm. But I have found in my experience that for a boy to really develop self-esteem, they do need to try those things that are a little bit beyond what you think that they can do right now. Mm -hmm. And we'll go back to failure. Sometimes they won't be able to do it right away, right? Yeah. So then we build resilience because then they're going to try again and again, as long as we're there supporting them, not ready to jump in and do it for them, but that they know, you know, that you're willing to strategize with them. And, you know, what do, what do you think you could do for that? And how might you approach this and give them that support through your conversation and idea Mm -hmm. generating, but resist, resist people from jumping in and, and taking over and doing. The more we can find ways to help our boys do what they want to do, 
I think we will be able to help them build self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And here's the good part. It's beneficial to us as the grownups yes. too, because, <laughs> you know, the flip side of this, you also hear a lot of parents saying, you know, my kid doesn't want to do anything. My kid doesn't, he's not asking to hammer a nail or cut the lawn. What are you talking about? He's just sitting on the couch playing video games. When we are telling our kids no all the time, when they're little and they want to get out of the high chair and we say no and we do it for them. I like cute clothes. I like having stylish outfits and I hate shopping. Armoire makes getting dressed easier. Armoire is a clothing rental membership option. And Janet and I recently have both tried it out. And you guys, it is so much fun. You go to their website, you get to take a little quick style quiz, takes five minutes, and then you get presented a list of beautiful clothing, pictures, wonderful clothes that you can pick out and get delivered to your house for you to try and wear in the comfort of your own home without going out and determine what looks cute, put together outfits without investing a ton of money. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off your first month. That is up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash envoys. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E, dot style slash envoys to get 50% off your first month and never have to worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. We all know that vitamins can help fill nutritional gaps in our diet, but a lot of us don't like to take vitamins because we don't like swallowing pills. How do you feel about that, Janet? There's some days that I look at my vitamins and go, yeah, I should take those. I'll do it later. But I'll tell you what's changed. I have gotten easy melt vitamins. I have the D3 and I have the B12s and a multivitamin. And I just pop them in my mouth and they dissolve. And I don't have to think about swallowing a vitamin. Yeah, and you don't necessarily need water either to have on hand to get this big vitamin now. Yeah, no. And they taste good. And they're sugar-free. They melt quickly. The reason they melt is because of plants, not chemicals. Ah, plant-based nutrition. For a limited time only, you can receive a free, free three-month supply of Easy Melt Vitamin D3 with your first purchase. To claim your free D3, visit try.easymelts.com slash envoys. That's try, T-R-Y dot easymelts, E-Z-M-E-L-T-S dot com forward slash envoys. Or they see us emptying the dishwasher. No, you can't. There's knives in there. You get told no enough times and that to help kind of goes away. Mm -hmm. You stop asking. It stops being a question in your mind. So Mm -hmm. the more that we can do to help our boys contribute and test their limits and their capabilities as they're younger, 
that grows into more options for them when they're older. They're not only growing their self-esteem, they are in a very real sense growing their skills and their ability to contribute in a meaningful Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. And another important aspect about this is getting out of the family circle, and this is age Mm -hmm. appropriately, of course, but um, you know that you know, mom can praise and praise and praise and support all, all she wants day in and day out. And, and then someone else comes in and says one sentence and they're just beaming and their buttons are bursting off their shirt because they're so proud. So it's, it's also important to get them into situations where they're going to get feedback from other people. It used to be that when we were 10 or 11, we would be out babysitting or doing the newspaper route or bagging groceries or something like that. And I'll tell you what, getting feedback from people that I was babysitting for about the work I was doing, Mm -hmm. which could go either way. I learned quickly that, oh yeah, you are supposed to wash the dishes before the parents get home. And, you know, it's, so it's that kind of feedback from outside of the nuclear family mm-hmm. that also is very powerful in building self-esteem. I'll give you another example that touches on that. Um, when my oldest son was four, he decided to hold a dandelion sale. Uh-huh a dandelion sale. And he was so excited. He had picked the dandelions. He had them in a cup. He made a sign, four-year-old handwriting and spelling. And we live on a relatively main street in my small town. And so he was going to set up and sell dandelions. And it was all I could do to not tell him, honey, people pay to have them (laughs) killed. Like people aren't going to buy these from you. But for some reason... I didn't. I think it was his enthusiasm. Let him try it. Janet, people bought dandelions from this boy. Now that he's 20, he fully realizes it was just the cute little boy thing. Nobody wanted dandelions. Right. But But. he had people stop and buy dandelions. One woman who bought dandelions later sent him a note card uh, telling him how much he reminded her of her sons when they were that age. And again, we live in a small town. Somebody called the newspaper. The newspaper came and took his picture and he was in the paper. And this grew into more than that because this was his first experience at entrepreneurship. When he got to be six, he wanted to sell vegetables down at our local green market, like a local farmer's market. Mm -hmm. And at first, again, I wanted to say, no, you're six years old. Like, I can't be down there with you the whole time. I can't leave you down there the whole time. But he really wanted to. I knew a woman who sold down at the green market, happened to be the the parent of a friend of mine uh, and a former kindergarten teacher. Oh, perfect. To let Nathan share her spot. And she would kind of supervise him down there. So between the ages of six and 11, he would sell down at the local green market. And it's, it was important for him for all these reasons that you just said. He had feedback from all kinds of people in the community. He had people who were telling him, oh, this is great. You're such a hardworking young man. And he had people who were telling him when he wasn't serving them the way yes. that they thought he should. Yeah. He had that. Yeah. And he was learning... Um, from all these other people down there. And it was such a builder of his self-esteem. Yeah. And again, I could have 
squash that initial interest. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to paralyze parents or anybody. I don't want you to think that you have to say yes to everything. You don't. And whatever you did in the past is done. Move forward from Mm -hmm. now. But if there's a way for you to say yes and to facilitate this thing that your kids want to do, do it. I encourage our listeners to just kind of pause and go through go through their the stories in their mind. I mean, I'm sure they can remember from their childhood one of or two of those moments when they really were acknowledged for stepping mm-hmm. up in, you know, in simply selling dandelions. I love that story, by the way. Look at your children differently. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if they're asking for money, then figure out how they can earn it. And I I don't recommend tying chores to money. I recommend just giving an allowance, but that's another podcast altogether. Um, But let them look around the neighborhood. What can they Mm -hmm. do? And it's, it doesn't have to be like, I want to make money, but it can be how, how can I serve? Look, there's an elderly neighbor down the street. What can you do for her? Pick Mm -hmm. her a bouquet of flowers, take, Mm -hmm. you know, go pick the dandelions out of her yard and sell them. Um, There's, you know, but (laughs) That's a good one. It's a new one. (laughs) But to listen, listen, listen to your children. So when we're talking about boys and self-esteem, one topic I think we really need to touch on is school. Because that's a place where boys' self-esteem tends to take a big, big hit. I know we've talked about it on previous episodes and I'm sure we'll dive into it again, but you know, the gist of it is we've got little boys who aren't a great fit for modern schooling. They are too often getting in trouble for being active and they're asked to read and write before their brains are fully ready to read and write. And they start feeling like there's something wrong with me. So what do you tell parents? What do you tell teachers you know, for most parents, taking your son out of school is not a realistic option. Mm-hmm. So how can parents and teachers build up boys' self-esteem given the threats to it in school settings? Yeah. We've got to, you know, bolster things at home, but it also has to be a conversation between school and home and an education. Don't want to put more upon the teachers, but it is just a different way of looking at what's in front of you. And there are still schools, there are still teachers that are taking recess away from boys Mm -hmm. for bad behavior in the classroom, which is probably just that they are moving their bodies. So looking around the school, what can be done? Can they go and help the janitor? Can they go and help the kitchen staff? Can they, a classroom I was in just this week, it needed to be swept in a serious way. Mm -hmm. And so, hey, I need you to, you know, I really could use your help. Can you, let's take a few minutes to sweep the classroom and then go out to recess or whatever it is so that it's not a punishment, but it is a, wow, we need your, we need your power and strength. A really smart principal that I know, he was an elementary school principal at the time. And he had this little boy, like first or second grade sent to him for a behavioral issue. And I don't know what exactly the issue was, but at the time the principal was in the process of putting together plastic shelves with the drawers in it because the principal was creating a reading nook. Well, this little boy was like, what you doing there? 
and was really interested. And the principal being a very smart man and former boy, likely, he seized on that and he put this little boy to work with him. And this little boy wanted to do it. He didn't want to help. He wanted to do it. So the principal said, here you go. And gave him the time to work on it, do it, and figure it out. And he did it. Yeah. He did it. And that that worked on so many levels because it engaged the kid physically. It engaged him mentally, total self-esteem boost, right? He built something for the school, for the principal. And by the time he was done building this, whatever anger, upset drama was going on from the classroom had drained away. Yeah. And then they were able to talk about it. Yeah. I think this reminds me of the fact that we don't have vocational education in our schools as much as we used to. Another place where boys can really experience success and pride Mm -hmm. and how we can bring that back. But I just believe that any school, any teacher can look around and find projects that need to be done and boys that are dying to do them. You know, it might be that you have a community garden and here comes a load of dirt and oh, the dirt is way over there and we got to bring it way over here. How are we going to do that? And Mm -hmm. sure, it's going to be messy and sloppy and and yet we're we're also teaching them how to use tools properly. And all of these things make you feel good about yourself when you master them. I remember as a as a little girl when I could finally use the iron and we ironed pillowcases. Oh, that you, felt so good. I know I'm second. older Wait, than you, you are. Pillowcases? <laughs> I'm a little older than you are. I'm we had to. <laughs> if I ironed my shirt. <laughs> I was little, but it was cool. I got to use the iron and it was yes. hot. And right. sure, I burned myself, but I only burned myself once. Mm-hmm. And then I was careful. Mm-hmm. And same thing with your boys. And cooking, too, is a great place to be learning those skills that can bolster your self-esteem. Absolutely. So this is win-win-win because we're bolstering our boys' self-esteem. We are building their capability to contribute to our families, schools, and communities. And our boys are learning the skills that they will need as they go out into the real world. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not planning on cooking for my kids once they're out of here. I don't plan on ironing for them either. And uh, they're not going to do that a lot, but at some point they're going to need to iron a dress shirt, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the other piece that comes into this then is praise. And I think we have to talk about praise a little bit. Yes. And the way we praise and the amount we praise is mm-hmm. really crucial to building self-esteem. Kids and boys in particular are really good at seeing through fake praise, aren't they? Mm -hmm. They are. What do you tell parents? What do you tell teachers? Uh, What's a better way to praise? What are some examples of what to do and what not to do? I think we're in a generation of parenting that we think it's, we think we're good parents if we're praising our children. It's the good job, you know, good job this, good job that. It falls on deaf ears after a while. The kids, quite frankly, it's just white noise to them. If you must praise, praise the outcome, the action, rather mm-hmm. than, uh, oh, that, you know, you're such a good girl, you're such a good boy. And it's more if you can just be observational. Oh, I see you're stirring the soup. 
oh, I see you're watching that you're, you know, you've, you're using the pot holder so you don't burn your hand. Things like that, that kind of give them important information mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. the situation rather than, oh, you're such a good boy. You're, you know, mama's little boy and all of that. That is just white noise. They will learn not to trust you. Yes. I've heard it's important to praise the effort rather than necessarily the outcome. So for instance, let's say your kid gets a great grade on a test instead of just, wow, look at that. You got an A. Tie it into, you know, I really saw you studying for that. You put in all that effort and look at this. Good for you. Or, you know, hey, I was really proud of you when you turned off the video game so you could go study for your test or you turned down the invitation to go for a bike ride because you had a paper that was due. So less praise, more observation. And, and I love your example of how to connect the dots, the cause and effect mm-hmm. in reverse. You did that. Therefore you got this, you know, good grade on your test and, or you did that and you got this bad grade on the test. What can you do differently yes. the next time? And then you strategize and he begins to, you know, feel more capable and there goes his self-esteem rising again. One thing I found really useful in the praise department is to not necessarily praise my kid directly, but to do it within earshot. Oh yeah. So often (laughs) the way my house is set up, I may be in the kitchen having a conversation with another adult. Kid may be um, on the computer in the dining room, the room over, two rooms over is the living room and they don't hear anything until I say something that's relevant to them. And then they- they respond almost every time. Exactly. (laughs) For instance, if somebody, you know, they threw in a load of laundry or they finally cleaned up whatever I told them to, or wow, they actually made a really nice meal. If I say that to another adult in the course of conversation, they know that that was important enough that I like put it in adults conversation. They may not ever actually acknowledge that to me, but you can tell that it's having an impact on them. Mm-hmm. Lots to think about in this self-esteem. What are our takeaways? Let's give yeah. three takeaways to build boys' self-esteem. Start mm-hmm. early. Let them show you. I love the Chinese proverb. It is easiest to ride a horse in the direction it is already going. Your boy is already showing you where he wants to grow, what he wants to do, how he wants to expand his capability and responsibilities. It is for us as the adults to observe and listen so carefully. That is a beautiful proverb, and I've never heard that one before. Yes, I love it. It's so perfect for all aspects of raising boys. Yeah, it is. So I think my takeaway is going to be focus on what's right. So often we feel like it's our job to help them fix what's wrong. And yeah, that may be part of our role as parents and teachers. But if that's all we do, they start feeling like they are wrong. So sometimes at least deliberately look for what they're doing right and comment on that. Focus on what's right and provide opportunities for them. To be right and to fail along the way. (laughs) And then get up and try it again. And do it again. Absolutely. Just like us, Jen, every week, an episode. It's so (laughs) much fun to be talking with you on all of these topics that are so important 
for raising our boys into tomorrow's great men. Thanks for joining On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. You can find our show notes at onboyspodcast.com. That's on-boys-podcast.com. Our show notes include links to all of the resources we mentioned in today's episode. Until next time.